Interested in becoming a travel agent yourself and helping others plan their next Disney vacation? Interested in learning more about Surge 365? How to get paid to travel, make $1,000 bonuses, or just simply want to book your next Disney vacation with Disney professionals? Well, Dream Makers at Two Tickets to Paradise Travel are ready to help you make your wish come true. Contact travel at Two Tickets to Paradise.net. Don't dream your life. Live your dreams. Have an idea, question, or want to share your experiences on the show? Contact Nick and Dave anytime. Email them at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Text them at 407-674-0414. Follow Nick and Dave on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast. Listen to Nick and Dave on iTunes, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher Radio. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast. Now, from the Mousecapades Studios, here are your hosts, Nick and Dave. gateway to the west and just down the road from where it all began the inspiration of main street usa all of our beloved disney characters where a simple-minded farm boy grew up to become a genius innovator and a keeper of childhood magic my friends i'm talking about walt's childhood state of missouri good morning good afternoon good evening listening from your phone tablet computer maybe in your car at home work school hotel or even the magic kingdom at the happiest place on earth Welcome to another episode of the Nick and Dave Mousecapades podcast, the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears. Later on on the show, we will be discussing our top ten dark rides from coast to coast. Yes, I'm talking about Disneyland and Disney World. Dave and I have compiled a list of our favorite dark rides from both parks. But first, here's what's happening. Hey, Dave, I have to start with this story first because it just really grinds my gears to hear about something like this. So really, I, I, what I'm trying to say is I just want to start off with a, with a rant if I could. So roll the music. 
Dave, I don't know if you caught the story or not, but a man has been banned for saying something utterly stupid. Not some physical altercation, just some stupid words that came from this man's mouth. Now, the man that was banned is known by everyone as Grumpy, so I know already this doesn't sound good and the case against him is already stacking up and it's not in his favor. But here we have an individual that was getting too impatient, waiting in lines, as we all do from time to time. Dave, I know on your last trip and my last trip, we both have, have admitted by day three or four, you get a little impatient and you say things or do things you might normally, uh, that you typically just don't do, right? Yeah, that time uh, takes toll on you after a while, but uh, my last trip was actually pretty good because I was only there for two days, but you, when you're there for long periods of time, like like you said, three, four, five days a week, uh, it, it really gets on you. So we have a man here that was getting impatient like all of us, it happens to all of us. The man is standing in line. And here's what he said. This is what got him kicked out of the park, Dave. He said, For the time it has taken me to wait in this line, I could have built a meth lab. Seriously? What, do you, what are your thoughts on this? And who heard him say this? Did he, like, he, uh, he, did he say that to one of the workers? Uh, yeah, to one of the cast members. Whatever. And he got in trouble for that? He got banned for life, Dave. Really? He got banned for life for saying the time it has taken for me to wait in this line, I could have built a meth lab all i can say is really yeah it uh, sounds like the stra uh, straw that broke the camel's back on this one if the guy's name is grumpy this is probably not his only offense <laughs> this is just the last of many i'm thinking right so the man has just been banned for life for some stupid silly words he just said uh, he didn't hit someone over the head with an object like we saw at test track he didn't throw a battery pack at someone's head like we saw at the wishes presentation in those two cases, the other person could have died from their injuries, Dave, being hit over the head with an umbrella or a battery pack. Let's face it, they could have. But here we just have a man who just words are being spoken. And I agree with you, Dave. I think maybe there's something else that we haven't heard about the story, perhaps. There, there has know? to be. I mean, they don't do that for just a comment like that. I was expecting you to say that he yelled fire in the middle of a crowded place or something. <laughs> so... The man that was banned, though, Dave, he was recording at the time of the incident, and when security arrived, he was told to stop recording, and then that's when, like, the the recording stops, you know? I don't know what to think of this. I really don't. So, let's... I want to call someone. I want to call... Uh, remember when we had Michael on that was part of the Kingdom Keepers Team 6, the security team, you know, out there at the Magic Kingdom? Yeah, I know Mike. Okay. We're going to go ahead and call that guy. I want to get his take on this. Being former security... I want to see how he would have handled the situation. So let's get him on the line. Hello? Hey, Mike. It's Nick and Dave from the Mousecapades Podcast, buddy. Hey, how are you? Hey, buddy. You're on, you're on our show live. We just want to uh, get your take on an issue that happened out at um, Walt Disney World, being a, a former member of the Kingdom Keepers Team 6 there, the security out at uh, Walt Disney World. We want to get you ta your take on something here. So there's a story that came out uh, this past week of a man who was banned from Disney for life for something he said. He didn't hit anyone over the head like we saw at Test Track a couple months back. He didn't throw a battery pack at an individual in the back of the head like we saw at Wishes last month. No physical contact whatsoever. And, and, and I must say, those individuals that inflicted pain and, and and 
made physical contact on someone else were just told to move on and carry on. Those individuals were not even kicked out of the park or banned for life. We have a man here waiting in line, and he says some stupid words, you know, and the time it took for me to wait in line, I could have built a meth lab, and they banned this guy for life. Being a former security uh, personnel member there, what would you have done if you approached this individual? I wouldn't have banned him for like now uh, if they would have found something in his room for, you know, then, you know, we, we might be talking something different, but they didn't find anything in his room either. So you're talking about his resort. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There was There's nothing on this person and yeah, nothing was found in his room as well. You're absolutely right. Um, so, yeah, I think you've caught a cast member in a bad mood. And, I mean, he may have been a little argumentative because he's, you know, been, I don't know how long he was waiting. But I have seen where, you know, guests will get impatient. But they also, I mean, they were just, they've never been thrown out of the park nonetheless. Man. Yeah, Dave. Hey, Mike, it's Dave. Good to, good to talk to you again. It's been a while. Uh, yeah. Hey, so tell me, who has, the authority, who has the authority to actually kick somebody out of the park for life? Is that given to any security member, or is that something that needs to be reviewed by a higher up? Usually, as far as I, from what I can remember, it's not security that would do it. Somebody like higher up, and if it isn't security, it's up in the up in management. It's like I couldn't walk up to you, and because you did something bad for life. Yeah, I would imagine that's probably the case, right? So yeah, I mean. They said they said what they did. You know, they said that they could have built the meth lab, and apparently uh, they decided to escalate it. And I, I don't see why they raided his room. I'm not even sure who made the decision. Um, I'm sure it wasn't even security that raided his room. I'm sure that they got a hold of. In fact, I don't even think it's thinking about it as I'm speaking, talking, working this out. The only people I think that could ban him like that would be uh, the uh, sheriff's department down there that covers the parks. Okay, yeah, and he's got to file an appeal, apparently, uh, to get himself unbanned. But, you know, Dave brought up a good point, and I was thinking this uh, the whole time. I just didn't say it up front. You know, I wonder if this was this individual's uh, just the last straw that broke the camel's back here, you know. Um, or is it simply just a first-time a first -time offender that said something? We don't know. That piece is missing from the story. But put all of that aside, this doesn't warrant a ban for life. Would you agree? No, I Exactly. I mean, he he brought up the you know the people who have made physical contact, you know, with other people, and you know, even when I worked there, we had people you know who would get into fights and they weren't banned for life, and they got into physical fights with each other. Yeah, these other two physical uh, altercations that we mentioned earlier, you could have actually killed the other person. We're talking you throwing uh, a heavy object and a blunt object at someone's head and hitting them across the head, which could have killed them. And nothing happened right. to these individuals whatsoever. You have a man here that, yes, he said something very stupid, but then gets banned. I just, I'm scratching my head on this one. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I think it's, it's, it's too hard. I, mean, I, I, don't know, I don't know why they decided, you know, what made them decide that. But, I mean, I've seen where, I've seen where people, you know, guests have come in and argued, even at the, you know, at the counter, and we just come, we would just go up there and, just the presence usually settled it down. But, I mean, we didn't say, oh, you're arguing with them, you're saying this, you're calling them that. Okay, now go back home. Right, right. All right, Mike, well, thanks for coming on, and we really do appreciate your take, buddy. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you later. No problem. All right, thanks. See you later, Mike. Bye. All right, so you have 
Mike's take. He was a former security personnel member at the Magic Kingdom and, and other areas as well. If you listen to a few of our other episodes, he's been on one of our episodes talking about just Disney World security. But uh, you heard it, Dave. You heard his take. He, even though if there's a big chunk of the story that we're missing, this doesn't warrant a ban. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, that seems to be a little severe based on just this one episode. So let's move on. Let's throw the story to the side. We're moving on, buddy. So, you know, one item I want to talk about, 2016 discounts. Disney has not posted those up yet. I called last month to see when those would be coming out, and the individual said they'd be coming out this month. I still haven't seen them. We know there's about 10 days left this month. But, anywho, yeah, 2016 discounts still haven't been released, so look for those. Uh, there's a possible Mary Poppins sequel in the works, Dave. I know the big thing right now for Disney is to... Uh, they're on a movie run right now. They're making movies based off of cartoons and sequels based of other Walt Disney movies. This seems to be the new trend. What are your thoughts on a Mary Poppins sequel? I think it's going to be super hard to top the original. I mean, nobody does that role like Julie Andrews. So it'll be interesting to see what they come up with and if it's just a redo of Mary Poppins or if it's, if they took, you know, there were other books that starred Mary Poppins. So we'll see if they took one of those and they're making that into a movie or We'll have, to, we'll have to wait and find out what the details are. There's a fairy tale Wishes fireworks dessert cruise, by the way. You know what, Disney World, buddy, um, I never did pay for this, but you could have done one of those pontoon rides, you know, while the Wishes event was take, taking place. Right. Well, now you can uh, indulge yourself on a dessert cruise. Uh, the cost is $99 for adults and 69 for uh, children ages 3 uh, three to 9. But, uh, yeah, Seems kind of cool. I I want to know what else is like. What's on the menu? You know, I want to I want to know what you're getting for your dollar. Yeah, um, probably not much, but <laughs> it's all right. about the atmosphere on that. I think it is. Yeah, the ambiance. I totally yeah. agree. Um, the Disney Christmas uh, parade taping will most likely take place on the weekend of December fourth through the sixth. We need to contact Vicky, Vicky yeah. on this one. Let her D- know exactly, so she doesn't doesn't get her dates uh, flip flopped. Uh, so I thought that was funny when I saw that. But, Dave, you know what? That's all I have. It's been kind of quiet in the news with Walt Disney and um, Disneyland uh, this past week. I think it's time. Let's take go. Us, take us back. We're traveling backwards in time. Right now, we're leaving the world of today behind. So if your imagination is ready, here we go. Okay, kicking off this week in Disney history, we've got September 21st, 2012. Thousands of people gathering at Disney World Resort to witness the flyover of the Space Shuttle Endeavor. Uh, bolted to the top of 7047, the Space Shuttle Endeavor was going to make its final home at the California Science Center. Now, I put this one in here for personal reasons, Nick, because uh, on our most recent trip to California, I got a chance to go to the California Science Center and see Endeavor at its final resting place. And if anybody out there has the ability to go see any of the four space shuttles that are retired, you better go do it because that is a historic vehicle. And the way that they have them displayed, uh, especially at the California Science Center, it's it's amazing because it looks like such a small vehicle when you see it on television or if you've ever seen any of its launches. But when you get underneath of this thing, it's huge. What When did that take place again? That was September 12th, 2012. Yeah. No, so, I- I'm sorry, not 12. September 21st, 2012. Yeah, because we just missed that by a couple weeks when we went out there that that year. Yep, yep. So uh, that's the first event. The second event I have is September 22nd, 1984. Uh, We talked a lot about this recently. This is the day that Mike Leisner and Frank Wells were elected to their positions as leaders of the uh, 
of the Walt Disney Corporation. Michael Eisner was elected as chairman and ex chief executive officer of Walt Disney Productions, and Frank Wells was elected president and chief operating officer. Just what Walt Disney needed at that time. You know, yeah, looking back, it's exactly what they needed. But in the long run, it seemed to uh, take its course, you know, at, at near the end. Yeah, so they when they took over, uh, Disney was $900 million in debt. And uh, by the time they left office, it was uh, were valued at $340 million. So you're talking a, a pretty big turnaround there. Wait a minute, they were, they were over $900 million in debt? Yeah. I'm thinking maybe uh, they need to run in the next presidential race, you know, as president and vice president maybe, I mean, that, and get us amazing. out of our debt. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, this is September 23rd, 1980. Big Thunder Mountain makes its debut at the Walt Disney World Resort. Um, love this ride. It's identical for the most part at California and at, at the Magic Kingdom. One of the more recent uh, makeovers that they've had at the one at Disneyland, which I'm excited to go out and see, is at the end where you go into the TNT room and you can see the fuses burning on the walls. And then when you get to the end, you have this big explosion. Uh, so that's pretty cool. I wish they would have done that to the Magic Kingdom version. Next up, we have September 26, 1953. This goes back a long way, but this is a pretty important event in Disney history because this is the day that Walt Disney decided to give Herb Ryman a phone call. Um, his brother, Roy, Roy Disney, was going to be heading out to New York to make a presentation, uh, get some funding for this theme park that Walt had the uh, dream of building, which would later become Disneyland. And so he needed a visual. Roy needed a visual to take out to New York to show everybody. And, and so Walt got on the phone with a guy who didn't even work with him and uh, called Herb Ryman. And together they spent what's known as the Lost Weekend, where – uh, Herb Ryman listened to everything that Disney had to say. Disney kept feeding them. Pretty much, they were those two were locked in a room by themselves for an entire weekend while Herb Ryman just put into visual all of Walt's ideas. Yeah, they had a they had a guys' night out, you know, guys' weekend. Yeah, little, and, and little it was romance going on. I would say probably the most productive guys' weekend in history. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the lake. All right. Yeah. So, so those are the events I have for this week in Disney history. Welcome back, listeners. This is the week for Nick and I to have the show all to ourselves. We've been taking some time lately interviewing a few folks here and there and getting to know some of the people in the Disney podcast community. And we decided this week was going to be a good week for us to sit down and talk about what we love most, and that is the amusement parks of Disney. So we decided to make ourselves a top 10 list of dark rides. And um, I don't know about you, Nick, but I started my research by going online and finding out exactly what a dark ride is. Yeah, I was. I, I started doing that, and I just when it was all said and done, dude. If if there was a part in the ride, even if it was just for ten seconds, where it was dark, I considered it a dark ride. Yeah, and so you know, you go to that informative, you know, reliable source, Wikipedia, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's starting to become the reliable source. You know, when that first came out, you heard everyone, and I said it too. You can't rely on that source. Don't use that for research, but. More and more, you're finding even these professors are using Wikipedia for research. Shoot, even in the presidential campaign, you've heard some people talk about Wikipedia. Blows my mind away because anyone can change it. It's crazy. It really is crazy. But, you know, in this situation, 
it's not like we're using it as like in-depth research. We just want a definition of what a dark ride is. So, so what does so, Wikipedia say? All right, so the definition according to Wikipedia, a dark ride, otherwise known as a ghost train, is an indoor amusement park ride on which riders in guided vehicles travel through specially lit scenes that typically contain animation, sound, music, and special effects. Uh, but dark rides don't have to actually be dark. For instance, It's a Small World is an example of a brightly lit dark ride. Now, then you have to question what's the definition of indoors, you know, because you have some rides that are outdoors and go back into indoors, but they really don't, they're not closed off, so you're still kind of outside, but right. under an overhang. Right, so when I was picking my top ten, I had a, a pretty heated debate with my family about that because there's some rides on, on my top ten that they go inside and then they're outside for a bit. But, Same here, you know, brother. I, th- I think I think we know what we're talking about, what each other yeah, so, is saying right now. So majority of the ride is probably going to be inside, though. So how do you want to do this? you want to start off with our number 10 and work our way up to number 1? Yeah, let's go 10. Let's go Let's go work our way down to 1. You know, build that anticipation. Okay. So who wants to kick off? We'll do some I'll, rock, I'll paper, st- scissors. I'll start. Rock, I'll paper, start. scissors. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, we tied. Scissors, people. <laughs> One, two, three. All right, uh, you're up. You know, I'll give it to you anyway. Go ahead and go. Oh, what a gentleman. I defer. I defer. All right. All right, so my number 10, uh, and you know, I what I did was I found a list of all of the dark rides that Disney had and just kind of started poking through the ones that I had never been on before, and there weren't many to eliminate that way because uh, I've had the privilege of doing most of them, but... Um, it was pretty hard to do, you know. There was a, probably a good list of 20 that I wanted to put on this list. So uh, I started off with number 10, Test Track. Ooh, Test Track, all right. Yeah, you're, you're indoors and outdoors. Yeah, here's the thing about that. It's the old one. The new Test Track, I just don't like as well. What about it? What was it with the old one versus the new one? And Test Track, by the way, did not even make my list. Yeah, so you, uh, you know that I'm a history buff. Yes. when it comes to this kind of stuff so i mean it's the original test track and the new one you know it's got a lot of cool aspects don't get me wrong i love the new test track but that old test track was cool like you go into that room and you feel the heat and you go into the you know like you get misted in that one part um just i don't know the bumpiness of the road I mean, it's just kind of cool the cool concept of here i am a crash test dummy on this vehicle see i never went through the original test track i've oh, only been man. through the one that's been redone or remodded or whatever so i don't even know what it's like to be on the old one so i'm sitting here listening to you uh seeing your excitement (laughs) and and i can tell that you just really liked the old one so it was what was it more interactive more of like a 4d experience yeah well you know this new one seems more kind of like a video game type of contest thing where here you design your car and you're in competition with everybody else in the vehicle to see who can design the best car whereas the old one you were a test dummy and First, they'd take you on, they'd, they'd have you go forward, and they'd test the brakes. And now they'd turn on the, then they'd do it again, but they turned on the anti-lock brakes the second time. So you could see the difference in how your vehicle reacts. And then, so they just took you, like, over rugged terrain, and they, like I said, the brakes, and then they went through and they did, um, they test, I mean, they just tested out all these different aspects of the vehicle. And then, just like the new one, they took you out and let you go 65 miles an hour. So why did they change, do you think? Just, uh, it, I think some of it had to do with sponsorship because, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Chevrolet has them now. Chevy has them now, but it was GM before, so yes, they kind of right. changed the sponsorship. So I think that had a lot to do with it. 
Yeah, I would much rather be immersed as if I'm part of the simulation. Like you said, dare I say it, I don't want to say, yeah, I'd rather be a dummy. I'd rather be a test dummy <laughs> than, be, than feel like I'm playing a video game. I totally agree with you. And that's a very nice segue, feeling like you're part of the experience. Do you mind if I bring in my number 10? No, do it. And Your this turn. is why I chose this was because I really felt like I was immersed into this animation film. And I felt as if I was there and it brought back some really great childhood memories of when I was like 9 or 10 uh, watching this cartoon. And you, you said it. You hit it right on the head. Being immersed and feeling like you're part of the ride or part of the experience. I'm going over to Disneyland for this ride, dude. So I'm going West Coast. I'm talking about The Little Mermaid. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one did not make my list. It, it was probably in the 20, you know, like I said, that I wanted to put on this list. But you got to make some hard decisions, you know? <laughs> Especially when you get to that part where they're singing Under the Sea. And I know last time I rode this, <laughs> you and I were sitting in a clamshell together, and I believe it yeah. was pink. <laughs> it yeah. was pink or purple. A classic picture there. Yeah, and you were trying to hold my hand, you know. But yeah. um, It was the bubbles. The bubbles the... did it to me. <laughs> but no, I just really felt like I was part of that cartoon, especially during that song, because as a child, I can remember sitting in my living room, and my parents, I remember, I remember to this day begging them to buy the VHS tape. Begging them, begging them, begging them, saying it's coming out soon, it's coming out soon. We went down to our local grocery store, Schnooks, right there off of Highway 94 and Jungerman, Dave. Yeah. If you know where that's at. That's up it's by my our school. my parents' neighborhood, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. We went down there when they used to have their video store, and my father bought it for us. And I even remember it was a stormy night. It was <laughs> here. It was a stormy night. <laughs> no, but it was. Some, scene. No, some storms had just passed through. It's crazy what you remember, you know, just things yep. that bring back memories. But it was good times. That was a great time in my childhood where, you know, my dad, he purchased that film. And um, I watched it over and over and over. And I really think that ride made me feel as if I was a child again. Is that why you kept calling me daddy in that ride? <laughs> but um, but I felt like I was in the cartoon at the same time. It was yeah. just an awesome, overwhelming experience. Hey, and they did such a good job. You know, they copied that ride basically for the Magic Kingdom, but then they added to it a little bit by doing the interactive queue that they have there with yes. the uh, with the projection that they have. So that's pretty I, cool. Too. I've been on both. I've been on both Disneyland and Disney World, and I just have to say the Disneyland experience. Uh, was my favorite because it was the first time I got on that ride was at Disneyland and uh, just brought back some really great memories so yeah that made that made number 10 yeah you never forget your first time Nick hey and <laughs> to and an added bonus that ride in Disneyland in California Adventure never has a wait so you can get on and then get on again and you can ride that ride all day if you want it never has a wait you're right we walked right up on that one I think I rode that ride five times that day are you serious? Well, yeah, because it's hot, and that did, ride's inside, so you get cool. We only went through it once, or did we do it twice? We, I think we did it twice. Yeah, we did. That's right. We kept going. Because they didn't they just let us go on the clamshell? Yeah, because that's there's nothing. Right. I mean, there's there's no line. We're like, it's we're, awesome. We'll ride it again. One more time. <laughs> One more time. As that lady kind of probably looked at us like, hmm. Yeah, what's up? All right, man, moving up. We're on number nine now, so I'll reveal my number nine. It's a classic ride. It's an original ride from Epcot, Spaceship Earth. Yeah, Spaceship Earth. I didn't even that didn't even make my list. I didn't even think about that one. Yeah, I agree, dude. Great, yeah. great ride. Good one. My favorite part is when you're going through the uh, ruins of Rome. Yes. And, and you smell the burnt. And uh, you know they've they've done some different changes to that ride. I think that if I if my memory serves me right, they've had three different 
narrators of the ride. So now they have that British woman that, that does it. And I've, I've seen her name before. I, I even mentioned her in one of our shows, I think, and I can't remember what her name was. But I think Walter Cronkite was one of the narrators of that ride back in the day. So Spaceship Earth, definitely a classic ride. Yeah, especially for you being a history buff, you know. Yep. Uh, I definitely see that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That scene where you're going through the, the ruins there. Yeah, outstanding. My number nine. And I'm taking this to the East Coast, and I'm going to Walt Disney World and the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Made number nine on my end. I don't know what it made on your list. Don't tell me just yet, but it made number nine. I do consider that a dark ride. It's the first experience, a roller coaster experience, where I feel it's kind of indoors and outdoors, but you really don't feel like the transition is smooth. You yeah. really don't feel like you're transitioning from outside to inside. You kind of just feel like it's one fluid ride. And boy, oh boy, man, did they do a great job uh, masking and mirroring the movie going into the cave when the dwarfs are singing and uh, mining. It's absolutely amazing. And they look so real. They're so animated. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that I'm trying to think of the first kind of uh, animatronic that did that kind of uh, projection type thing with their faces. And the first one I can think of is Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, uh, you know, okay. in Space Rangers, okay. or uh, what about the Haunted Mansion? They're the Crystal or, Ball. Yeah, is that? I wonder if that's the same kind of technology. Because I'm thinking of that. And I'm thinking of like, like the Mr. Potato Head in the queue of oh, yeah. uh, Toy Story Mania, where it see. I mean, I don't know how they do it actually, but I think there's a projector on the in, maybe on the inside that it projects their facial expressions as they move. I don't know. I have no idea, but it looks absolutely amazing. The only thing. I would suggest for this ride, you know, they do project the faces on the uh, dwarfs. Their facial features do move a little bit, but for me, they didn't move enough. I think if you project the face and really move the cheekbones and the eyebrows along yeah. with the, the uh, face projection, it would really totally look animated. Yeah, and, and that ride, that's another thing is that I think this is probably their biggest attraction since I don't know when. I mean, they've come out with some other ones that were okay, but this one was highly anticipated. It's the anchor ride of their brand new Fantasyland, so I mean, it's it it has to be on your top ten almost, and it and surprisingly, it didn't make mine. We uh oh, it, it did not. No, because I'm like shocked. I said, there's a uh, there's a fine line with that dark ride, and uh, I didn't even consider it a dark ride. And but you're right, it's got everything that's required for it. I just didn't have it on my list. Um, you know. That ride is a staple now. It has become one. You're yeah. still looking at an over over a two-hour wait at that ride, and I'm sure you saw the same thing when you went there. We fast-passed that ride twice, and if we didn't, there's no way I was going to wait that long to get on that ride because that that ride is like one minute and 20 seconds long. It's not long at all. Yeah, so so one day I had a chance to get in before the park opened, and I'm talking. It was, the park opened at 9. We were there at probably 8.45, and the wait was 45 minutes. I was going to say, are you considering that early? Because it's not. <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, the park hadn't even officially opened yet. I'm not talking right. like extra magic hours. I'm talking like nobody should have been in the park when we were in there. And it was a 45-minute wait. Now, I don't know how that happens, but you're right. It's a crazy, crazy ride. All right, moving on, brother. What do you have for your uh, number seven? Uh, we are on we're, eight. We're on we're eight, on right? Eight. Yeah, so we're on eight. And I, I went out west coast on this one. Uh Probably one of my favorite original rides is only out on the West Coast, Indiana Jones Adventure, Temple of the Forbidden Eye. Love it. It made my list, and you'll find out where some, yeah. sometime soon. But I absolutely love that ride too, buddy. 
Yeah, and I was kind of disappointed at D23 that they didn't include that in the whole, you know, refurb that's going on at, at Disney Hollywood Studio. I kind of wanted to see a little bit of Indiana Jones action. I thought maybe they'd, they'd take out the show and put in a ride like this. But uh, I guess I have to get my fill on the West Coast. They fixed the ice machine, you know, that dumps the ice out. You know how it used to get stuck? Yeah. Because it would build yeah. up and build up and get stuck, you know? It's right. just one big ice maker is really what it is. Um, it's fixed. So. Yay. Yeah, yeah. Hey, did, for the for the this is off topic, but for the Indiana Jones ride, did they ever get their ball fixed? <laughs> um, that was the uh, no, it wasn't that, was that the, the show? That was the show, and yeah. no, Indiana Jones did not. And oh, after well. talking to Lance Armstrong, uh, they decided just to call it quits. He should sponsor that ride or that show now. Actually, <laughs> he so should. You know, <laughs> wear one of those yellow bracelets. All right. So yeah, this ride's awesome. The ride vehicle was cutting edge at the time that it was invented, and just that's the best part of that ride is that you get on this ride vehicle and you're like flying around. It's got you going up and down, even though the ride vehicle's going straight. You go across that bridge, you're not sure you're gonna make it. Uh, the whole time you got this big skull that's like bearing down on you and shooting beams at you. So love it. Good yeah, ride. I feel like you're in the movie. You know, dude. Karma, dude. We're both going to come up with testicular cancer for making fun. Yeah, no kidding. Okay. <laughs> All right, moving what on. What do you have for eight, man? I'm still. I'm going to keep us over on the West Coast, and I'm talking Monsters, Inc., buddy. Monsters, Inc., Mike and Sully to the rescue. First time I rode this ride was with you again. Hey. And, no, I again, just like the Little Mermaid ride, I really felt like I was in the movie, especially when you're going through... Uh, that dark, when you come to that very, well, you're in a dark ride, but the room just seems to get even darker. And you have the doors in the factory room, you know, that are, the arms are just uh-huh. taking the doors to different places so the yep. so the monsters can jump on in and scare their people. Awesome. I mean, you really felt like you were in the factory, in the screen factory. Super cool. I just really loved that ride. Yeah, and I don't think that ride gets enough credit because I love that ride too, and my whole family does. Yeah, you really feel like you're taken on an adventure. You really do. Yeah, and the best part is when the uh, tentacle girlfriend says, Mike Wazowski, on my birthday. And then at the very end, what's her name? The receptionist that talks like this. Remember she was talking to us and making fun of us? Ask me the churros. That's what she said to my daughter, and we never forget. Like that's a moment that we can never forget. Every time we hear Monsters, Inc., we all try to impersonate Roz and how she says, pass me some churros. Well, it was cool. I didn't think that was going to – it surprised me when she talked to us when we went through that ride. And remember, like, yeah. I looked around and she's like, yeah, I'm talking to you. We had like, no idea. <laughs> we didn't, did we? And no, and she said tra- something specific. Like she looked at somebody's hat or something. Oh, yeah, it was my hat. And then uh, and then she said something about stop recording me or yes, something that's like right. that. That's right. I gotta pick up that. I gotta grab that audio file. I mean that video file again. You're absolutely right. Yeah, see that ride's just awesome, dude. It is a good one. It is a good one. All right, we're moving up to seven as we continue our countdown to one. Number seven, another classic attraction. If you haven't noticed, I think that you've probably well, actually, Indiana Jones is not considered a classic. I don't think. But number seven is this is Peter Pan's flight. Don't care which coast you go to. It's actually I do care because the one in California is better, and there's only one difference that I can think of. And, and it was surprising when I took my family on this ride because when we went out to California together, we didn't ride this one, I don't think. Uh, so the first time I rode it was with my family, and uh, the one in California has a dip in the track. So you go out, and you know at the beginning when you first take off, you go up, but then somewhere along that ride, it's got a dip where you go down, and I, I felt like we were like seriously coming in for a landing or something. Yeah, that actually originally did make my list, Dave, and it's funny because it actually did make my number seven. 
Uh, so great minds think alike here. Hey! But, but it, it, I actually dumped it off my list after I compiled more rides on my right. list. So it didn't, unfortunately, didn't make my list. I'll give it an honorable mention. How about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll that give it an honorable good. mention. I really like at Walt Disney World how they've redone the queue line. I didn't get a chance to do it because we did fast passes. Oh my gosh, Dave! You no, don't fast pass that ride, dude. You that miss, ride had you miss oh, out. You that, miss the queue. Out. I'm glad they did something though because that queue. Oh my gosh, it's bad. And first of all, you're out in the sun for part of it, and when right, they do right. have a long line, and um, well, you know, I just. I just don't I don't do well with that kind of stuff. Like that's a lot. You go through the house, you go through the house and Tinkerbell messes with you and sprays pixie dust on you and it's all over your body, you can see it. Um, Peter Pan shows up and he plays around uh, uh, you can see his shadow and he puts like silly things on your shadow, like hats and things like that. Yeah. It it really is interactive. It is super cool. You feel like you're there again. Yet again, you feel like you're in the movie, you know? And, right. And I'm, I'm glad that Disney's starting to realize that's what people really want, you know? And the technology, I guess, has finally caught up, you know? And, and next, um, next trip. Next trip, we're going to go there, and that'll be one of the things we do early morning so we don't have to wait in line for an hour. Because you got to. You got to. Yeah. That's a ride that's been around forever, and the wait is still an hour based on capacity. Yeah, oh yeah, that's. But the queue line is probably my favorite queue line of all. I mean, it's just as good as the ride. Cool. Um. So my number seven, I replaced. Uh, you know, Peter Pan did make number seven, but it's been replaced with. And you know, I absolutely hate rides like this. I hate. I hate. I hate. I hate. Roller coasters in the dark. I am a wuss when it comes to roller coasters in the dark, <laughs> but I am a huge fan of rock and roll music. So I went with Rock and Roller Coaster, dude, and I absolutely love the band Aerosmith and Steven Tyler. My wife thinks he's the most sexiest man on the face of the earth. I think he looks Something's like... Something's wrong with her. I know. I think he looks like the most diseased and drug-infested person on the face of the earth, but... He's an ugly woman. So, anywho, but Steven Tyler, if you're listening, dude, sorry, man. You make some great music, though. Um, Yeah, Rock and Roller Coaster. You, you feel like you're in the streets of L.A., man, in that stretch limo, and that music is just blaring on the side speakers right into your ears and uh very cool i love rock and roll music i love the rush of it i love how you're just jettisoned forward like at 60 miles an hour in a split second it is amazing to feel the rush and you are on a rush like you feel a rush until the ride's over it's there's no transitioning into this roller coaster you're sitting you're in it and then it's done wondering what the heck just happened to me yeah so we did not ride this ride uh, on our last visit because no one would ride it with me and I wasn't about to stand in line for an hour and 10 minutes when we were cho- when I was choosing my top 10 this was in the in the talk and this was a topic of debate was was this a dark ride or not and because there were more true dark rides that I that I had on my list that's why it didn't make it the ride is awesome uh, every time I get on this ride I cry because it goes so fast and I, my contacts get messed up and like I have streams of tears flying out of my face because the ride goes so fast. So it's a, it's a uh, rush. Yeah, that one in Mission Space. Like every time I have like Mission like, Space. Yeah, both of them. The in, Cinefuge. Yeah, and then they both just mess with my eyes, and the next thing you know, I like have just tears flying out of my eyes because uh, it dries my contacts out. And there's a I, I don't know, it's a natural reaction or some sort. Yeah, that's a good ride though. I love it. Yeah, I wonder what the people. I wonder what the people behind you feel. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I make it a point to sit in the last car on on that one. 
Yeah, so we ready for six? Yeah, let's move on. You probably don't know this one, but it is one of my favorite rides. It's not around anymore. It's called If You Had Wings. Yes, and that silly, silly music that goes with it. Yeah, dude. So I've reported on this one a couple of times. I won't I won't bore you with the details because it's not around and you won't be able to get to experience it. Even the YouTube videos out there are pretty lame because it's a dark ride and a lot of it's in the dark. Uh, but basically, it was one of the first rides at, at, at Tomorrowland. Um, it was sponsored by Delta originally, and then, or sorry, it was sponsored by uh, Eastern Airlines, and then the name, the sponsor changed to Delta and became Delta Dream Flight, and now it's currently where uh, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin is at. So uh, I, I like Buzz Lightyear too, but this ride is a classic. So what it was was it was just a big commercial for Eastern Airlines. Basically, they put you inside of one of the uh, the Omnimovers, and they had the scenes set up as you went through, about, and each of the scenes was for a different location that Eastern Airlines flew, and they had both physical scenery, but then they also had, I think I read something like they had like 47 or 50 projectors set up uh, from projecting from behind, so in the scenery you'd have what looks like a window, and you have different you know videos playing in the background uh, through the projector, and they did have the... the uh, they did have the, the catchy song, and then at the end, in, in the room now for Buzz Lightyear, which is the tunnel with the stars, and uh, you know they've got all the UFOs like flying around you when you go through that tunnel. So that tunnel puts you into um, like a speed tunnel, and they showed a lot of different things like uh, you taking off on an airplane and you driving down a racetrack. There was like five or six different scenes that they just switched through and they had the wind blowing on you. So it seemed like you were going a hundred miles an hour as you went, but you're really only going like 10 on this Omnimover. <laughs> it was awesome though. Just a really cool ride. I wish they would have never have uh, gotten rid of it. You know, every boy's dream is to fly. You know, that's, that's, we wish our superpower. If we had one superpower, it'd be to fly. I don't, would it be to fly for you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. So I'm thinking this probably tapped into something with your childhood. Childhood memories, man. I, we rode this ride every single year. <clears throat> Making memories, dude, with you and your dad. Yeah, definitely. All right, so my number six. We're on six, right? Yes. Okay, so my number six is Splash Mountain. And I'm going to take you to the one at Walt Disney World on the East Coast. I prefer that one over Disneyland. Uh, just because Disneyland, I feel like it's squashed and um, you're, you're just compacted. I, I don't know. I feel like a sardine on that ride. On but on the one in Disney World, uh, I, I feel like it's a full, complete ride, and I can breathe on this one. And uh, just an, an awesome ride. I like the rush at, at the very end, uh, going down the mountain, and you know, as if you're going to hit that thorn bush. Um, I yep. like how the crows are. Is it the crows or buzzards? They're taunting you. Yeah, the buzzards. Yeah, they're, what are they saying? They're saying something. I, it escapes my mind right now. They, well, they say a lot, but like my favorite is time to be turning around. Uh, yeah. If, if only you could. So you're looking for a laughing place, eh? We'll show you a laughing place. Yeah, yeah. So I love how they taunt you there at the end. Um, I, I don't know about this, right? I just, I never saw, I, I never really got into the original cartoon, you know, of this ride. Yeah. Um... But uh, I just I, lo I love the ride. I love the animation. I love the song Zippity Doo Dah because every time when you finish the ride with that song, it's like Small World. You know, you think of that the rest of the day in your head, and that ride just puts me in my happy place, especially with that song. Yeah, and and good job you picked the original. That one was built first. So all right, See, and it's a lot longer of a ride. 
I thought so. I did. I thought so. That ride's like eight minutes long, isn't it? Uh, the one in California is like seven or eight. And then okay, this and the one's, one, this, this one's like 12. Okay, I yeah, thought, like 12 yeah, yeah. Or 13. All right, so uh, that one made my list, by the way, and I will I'll bring up a couple of more things when when that one uh, gets to my point on the list. So we have reached the halfway point. Are we gonna, We're at number it, five. So we're gonna take a, a timeout, a break. You know, cheerleaders gonna get on and pom pom squad. Summon Aaron. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's roll. All right, number five. It's a small world. I had to put it in my list somewhere. I don't think it's a top attraction as far as like making the top of my list, simply because. Really, when you when it gets down to it, you get on a boat, you go around, you see a bunch of different colors, and, and you know the animatronics are so so primi- primitive that it's like you might see a mouth move or you might see a leg kick or something. But so there's not like a lot of ooh and ah to this ride. But it's a classic. It's one of the originals. It's got to be on my list somewhere. So it's at number five for me. Yeah, I gave it an honorable mention. It it made my list at first, Dave. I put it on uh, as number ten actually. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of the nostalgia, you know, just, it is an original, it's, it's an amazing, it is a fun ride. My, Colin loves it, and a matter of fact, um, he sings the song to this day, over and over and over, all day long, and Aaron can't stand it because she hates this ride, but Colin will hum this to himself when he's playing, trains and stuff, like just, I'm, I'm not even kidding you, Dave, all day <laughs> long, every single day, it's a small world, is going on in this house, and, uh, I love the ride, I just... I don't know. I didn't. It just. It just didn't compete with the rest of the rides that I had on my list. Yeah, but you know, it's a top ride when it's at all six Disney parks. True. This is definitely true. You know, and one one disappointment I had last time I rode this ride, I had my Tomorrowland pin ready. I even had the original replica one, right? <laughs> and you I, didn't transport I, it. I had the original pin, not the newer yeah. ones. And no, it did not take me away, so I was disappointed. All right, so, um, yeah, and one of my favorite pictures that I'm most proud of in life is me doing the selfie on It's a Small World all by myself. (laughs) (laughs) What grown man rides that ride by himself? Uh, This Uh, guy. You do. (laughs) This guy. All right, so uh, what's your number five? Taking us to Disneyland, buddy. And uh, this has to deal with mountain climbing and lederhosen's. Right, did, uh, I say, did I say that correctly? Yeah. Alright, so I'm talking Matterhorn Mountain, buddy. I'm talking Matterhorn Mountain. I love this ride. And I love the ride now that they made it even more interactive with Harry uh, basically screaming at you as you're, when you're going on top, when you're yeah. ascending the mountain, you know, on the track. But this ride is really cool. What I like about this ride is uh, the power behind, the force behind this ride is gravity. Yep. That, that's taking you down and what slows you down there are no brakes i don't think there are any brakes on this ride i think the water actually slows you down right at the end yep that's that's the end so once you're going you're going there is no stopping this because it's just gravity the force of gravity actually powers this ride so you know i don't know one person I, so so i think that they have the ability to break you because okay. um because the capacity was so low, you know, you can't just sit and wait for one car to come all the way down the hill. They had to have a way to run multiple cars on the mountain at a time, even with the two tracks. Um, so I think they have the ability to break you, you know, so that you don't have cars running into each other. But I don't think they use it. Well, I know at certain points, though, you do slow down. You, right. You, you know, you notice it on that ride, and you and I have, you know, at certain points in the ride, you do slow down. They're like, it, it, it's like a braking system. Out. Right, just exactly. 
Um, especially right there, I noticed that they break you for a split second when you're passing by the other bobsleds and the suitcases and stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. Right there at the turn where the crash is or whatever. Right. Right. I think it breaks you right there, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know, dude. But um, I just really like this ride. It's different. It's unique. And um, it's an old ride, but it's, it's classic. And see, I didn't even consider that one as far as a dark ride. Really? No, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, it's in the dark sometime, but there's you know, there's two scenes with the Yeti. And other than that, it it's not... So I mean, oh, that's a, dude, your I mean, insight. That's, ooh, I'm not saying it's bad to have it on your list. I just don't have it on mine because I didn't consider it a dark ride. You're totally crisscrossing in and out of like the mountain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great ride. It is a great ride. Absolutely love that ride, man. <laughs> All right, we're moving up to four. Moving up to four. I am on the West Coast as well right now with my number four. It's a new ride. Uh, it's one of the few new rides to make my list. And uh, we tried to get on this ride, and the wait was phenomenal. Like how long the wait was. It was something like four hours. And and every time we would try to go, it was broken. But I think that they fixed it because uh, we went back and it was rarely broken the next trip that I went. And that would be Radiator Ra- Racers. I was just going to say that, buddy. Yep. Radiator Springs Racers. This ride is phenomenal. Like They've created two great rides recently. Seven Doors Mine Train and Radiator Springs Racers. Now, you talk about a ride that puts you into the movie. It's this one. From beginning to end, you go in and the first thing you do is you take a ride in Carburetor County and you see the waterfall and you just get like that anticipation just builds. And then the next thing you know, boom, you're smack in the middle of uh, Radiator Springs doing the do. And and then you end it off with, you know, the old dirt track ride around when you race the car next to you. Yeah, you and I tried to get on this ride last time we were out there twice. We tried to get on that ride and could not. Um, It was broken. Yep. Yeah, it just, yep. yeah, like you said, it, it kept breaking down, and I'm glad they fixed that. But uh, that whole area, that whole concept of creating Radiator Springs, genius, man, to bring yep. that in. You really do feel like you're immersed in Radiator Springs. That ride is cool, bud. Yeah, and in a park in a you know out in California, they don't have the land to do whatever it is that they want. So to dedicate that much space, some people got in an uproar about it, but I think they did a phenomenal job of, of like putting you into that movie. Can't Even, wait for the can't wait for the new ride to come out that they put in in place of Luigi's Flying Tires because that one was a stinker. Even like the details, buddy, um, of the canyons. You know, you're yep. you're surrounded by the canyons, and you really do feel like you're in some uh, Southwest uh, community. I mean, because you have you feel like the Grand Canyons are surrounding you, and it it's it's awesome. It looks real. If you were to take your picture, and Dave, if I were to take your picture at Radiator Springs. And I wasn't taking you know, the picture in front of the rock that looks like a radiator. Right. I guarantee you could tell people, you, you know, yeah, this is the picture of me in front of or down in the Grand Canyon. And people yeah. would believe you because it looks real. Yeah, they did a good job. And then to top of the whole thing off, you get the choice in that ride. Well, not really a choice, but you get to go one of two paths. You either go through Luigi's Tires to get new tires or you go to the right to Ramon's and get painted up. And uh, so you go through the huge, let's say you wait for three hours. You go on this ride. And then you realize, oh man, I gotta go again to see if I can get onto the other side of the uh, the preparation right before the race. So then you gotta wait in line for three or more hours. Yeah. But it's worth it, and that's the thing is, it's worth it. I'm gonna keep us at Disneyland here, buddy. And uh, this was the first time I rode this ride again it was with you at Disneyland, and you told me this ride was awesome. I'm also a history buff myself, and so. I was in awe with all of the static aircraft that was that was hanging from the ceilings, or excuse me, the ceiling uh, via a cable system, and just the the history behind all the various pilots that have hit 
historical milestones, I'm going with Soarin' over California. And I also went with that one in Disneyland versus Disney World is because you can't ride Soarin' over California and have the true California experience unless you're in California. I agree with that. It did, it, again, it did make my list because I didn't consider it a dark ride, but um, that ride is a good ride. It's a great ride. Love that ride, man. You really feel like you're, you know, about you're about to be in flight, you know, and yep. boarding an aircraft, and it's it really cool. Yeah, and that that doesn't happen out in the uh, in the Epcot version. They don't have that history link with all the past aviators. They do not whatsoever, and it is boring. What they yeah. do have is a projection game system where it plays with your shadow, and yeah, you can and hit it, different bubbles that are coming down the wall and the projection system. Stupid is what it didn't, is. Didn't even work when I was there. What they didn't should even, have is they should be projecting like historical moments in, in aviator history. Yeah, at least and, for part of it. Yeah, or you can play with, like, airplanes that are going across the sky. You can tap them, you know, and I don't know, or wave your hand to give it more flight, get more air underneath the, air, you know, the wings and push it up into the sky. Yeah. Um, but California yeah. version, way better. Oh, yeah, just for the historical value, too. Yep, and and can't wait for it to come out with the uh, Soarin' Over the World. Or what, yes. I, what is the official name? I can't remember. I don't know. There, there's so many... Uh, um, rumors going on out there buddy but what's really cool about this you really do have a 40 experience going over the pine trees going over the citrus groves yep, yep. you know uh it's amazing all right moving up in our countdown we are on wait that was your four right that was my four buddy top three and i am going to touch on a ride that you've already mentioned uh we're at magic kingdom classic ride splash mountain okay so that so, made number three yeah. for you and I am I, mean, I have that at number three because there's so much that takes place inside on this ride. And it's not a roller coaster ride. And it's not, you know, like there's you are immersed in this show. And um, this past week, I got I got a chance to watch some of but not all of the uh, Walt Disney documentary that was on PBS. And there was a, a pretty sizable uh, amount of time spent on on the whole concept of uh Song of the South and and the controversy that was involved with it and how uh, people thought that the African Americans would be proud of this because it, it shows a part of their history and and the African American community I guess rose up against this because it showed it showed African Americans as as like super happy always singing even though they were in slavery at the time so uh, they kind of got backfired on there but so that was kind of interesting to, to hear the perspective of like when this ride first came out it was not received very well to where it is now because right now i'd say it's probably one of the most popular rides on on both coasts um this is one of the things that that eisner brought up that just kind of revived the whole park you know in the first place yeah and hopefully you know as generations and i, and I don't mean to be mean in saying this as generations die off and newer generations visit disney world and partake in this ride they're not going to see it for the controversial topic that it once was no not at all i mean you, you don't see that in this most people i bet if you took a poll most people don't even know where brer rabbit brer fox brer right. bear came from right you, know? you and i do because i think we're right there at the cusp right there at that generation gap right. you know right there yeah. i think you know our kids and their kids aren't really going to they won't know but we do because you know we've seen the yeah. film 
but the, but the ride is amazing. They, I mean, just amazing what they do. My favorite room is where they have the turtles spinning on top of the geysers. Yeah. And then the bumblebees buzzing around you at the same time. So just that ride's awesome. Not to mention the drop at the end, you know, and then you go into the room. The the room of recycled animatronics is what I call it because it, you yes. get into the, to the zippity-doo-dah room and they've got the steamboat that's full of all these old animatronics that were in other rides but now have come over to, to Splash Mountain. But that ride's awesome, dude. You know, Colin was just enthralled with that ride because there's so much going on in that yep. ride. I love it. Oh, okay. so we were talking about the buzzards at the end of the ride. Yes. So I'm, I'm reading this book, and it said that there was an Imagineer that was part of the um, the designing of this ride. And as a tribute to himself, we talked in, in our podcast in the past about how Imagineers can't sign their name anywhere on any of anything that they do. So this Imagineer decided that in the ride, when you're starting to go up, you just pass the buzzer. Maybe even before the buzzer, when you're starting to make your incline, there's a groundhog that comes down out of the roof of of where you are and says uh, something like "Go Seminoles" or "FSU Go" or something like that because he went to Florida. This Imagineer went to Florida State. Last time yeah. I went, I couldn't find it, but they say that there is an animal that comes out of the ceiling that says something about Florida State, kind of as a nod from this uh, Imagineer. I wouldn't doubt it. You know, in um, in Jungle Cruise, which I guess technically a little bit of that, it's a dark ride, not much of it. <laughs> but uh, um, in the Jungle Cruise, you know, the one of the tribesmen shouts out, I love disco. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so anywho. Weird. All right. That's awesome, dude. So is it my turn? Yeah, that was my three. Okay, so for number three for me, I'm I'm taking us uh, over back to uh, Disneyland on the West Coast. And I'm going to say Pirates of the Caribbean uh, makes my number three. And the reason why versus Disney World. You know, Disney World, basically you walk into a cave and then you're in the boat ride, you know. I like Disneyland's experience better because I'm a history buff myself. I love being felt like I'm immersed in the bayou. You really feel like you're in the bayou. Just, you know, patiently just, I don't know, going with the current and making your way out into the waters, into the high seas, and there you are. You're immersed into the Caribbean, and there's pirates, and there's, a, you know, a battle going on. And it's just, I like that experience a lot better. Yeah, it's definitely the better of the two. It's Like I said, it's the original. You can't beat the original. And uh, this was one of the last projects that Walt, you know, saw through almost to the end. And, uh... Just a classic attraction. I like the like I, like you said. I like the Bayou scene. That Blue Bayou restaurant there is phenomenal. Just makes the ambiance for that for that ride and gets everything all set up. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it's like an anticipatory set. It sets the scene for the rest of the ride and gets you going. Yeah, and uh, so this week I I discovered a new resource at my library which allows you to check out uh, CDs, movies, eBooks, that kind of thing. And I got on there and and there's a whole album dedicated to Pirates of the Caribbean, and it's all of the different things that you hear on the ride. Like you hear the auctioneer's little spiel, or you hear the the guy that they called the pooped pirate, and then they call them the stuffed pirate because the what he was saying in originally with this ride was something that, that is not considered to be uh, appropriate now as far as uh, dealing with the women. And so they changed it to him being like this this guy that ate too much, and he's talking about how he ate too much. So all of these different little uh, sound clips from the ride make up this album, and there's like a dozen or something like that. So it's funny to hear these things, you know, in isolation, not on the ride. <laughs> just it's cool to kind of that's, – that's kind of how big of a dork I am with this stuff is I listen to that kind of thing, and just it just makes me laugh. 
That's awesome, dude. All right, yeah. so what do you got for your number two? Number All right, so number two. two number two, I have uh, The Haunted Mansion. And again, this is the Disneyland version. It was, you know, it looks like a man. Well, I guess, you know, this one looks like it would be like, like a bayou-type haunted mansion. Like you're living down in the south. This mansion was a real thing that was haunted. The one at World is amazing. Like, you know, the brick exterior. That looks like... commercialized, dude. Yeah, but this one just looks like you're walking into some old decrepit house. And and here you go. You're going into the basement. The rides are identical. You know, just... I mean, there's probably a few differences. Except for the elevator. uh, So minor. Well, yeah, one of them goes up, one of them goes down, right? Orlando, I believe you actually go down no yeah oh dude i forget oh my gosh i'm drawing a blank yeah um no i think in orlando no in orlando i don't think you move at all i think it's a disneyland version you actually go down so but either way the effect is the same i mean it's still that stretching room and the ride for the most part is the same so i picked the disneyland version just because it's you know the ambiance of going into what looks to be an old mysterious looking house so, yeah, it made number two, Haunted Mansion. It's one of my favorite rides of all time. I would like to be able to get my family to go with me sometime. You know, I'm shocked that didn't make your number one, dude. I really it's am. It's I, there. I mean, it's it's right there. you got to make tough decisions when you're doing top ten. All right, so my number two, Great Minds Think Alike, dude. Mine was the Haunted Mansion as well. Yeah. And I prefer the Disneyland one over the Disney World. I think the Disney World one is commercialized. Um, I... I like the old um, – before they redid the Haunted Mansion, you know, the older version? Mm-hmm. I like the older version better than I do with the new version. I don't know what your take is on that. You didn't mention yeah. it, but I like the older version better. Um, I think this newer one is very just Hollywood-esque, if, yeah. you know, if that's a term. Um, but there are some components of it that I do like. Uh so what's your favorite part? What's your favorite part? Because inside of this, since we have this as in our top two, both of us, mm-hmm. what is your favorite part of the Haunted Mansion? I like how the pictures change. I like how the uh, the busts look at you as you go by. The little things like that I think are pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I like the hitchhiking ghost. The hitchhiking ghost. I don't know if I truly like the crystal ball scene. I know a lot of people do. Yeah, that supports um, that supports the storyline. I, I know it does. I know it does. It's centered around that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're in that room way too long. Yeah. I really do because you, you just hear her and it, it kind of gets annoying after a while. Right. <laughs> but uh, no, I like the beginning part of the Haunted Mansion. I like when you're going through the hallway and the things are moving off to the side. Right. You, know? you have, like I said, you have the... Uh, the bus that are looking at you as you go by. The pictures that change. Yeah. It's cool, dude. I also like the, the queue as well. I mean, outside with the um the tombstones. Yeah. You know, and the funny phrases that they have. It's cool. Yep. yep. It is a good ride. Classic ride. So we have that. Both of us have that at two then, right? Yes. All right. So it's time for number one. You've already mentioned my number one. It's Pirates of the Caribbean. You had okay. it at, what, you have it at three? I had that at three, yes. Yeah, so that's my number one. Which and it's version? The Disney, it's the Disneyland version because it's that beginning part that is the difference between the two of them. That beginning where you're going into the ride. First of all, you see the boats, and the boats are almost outside. You know, As you come up upon that ride, you see the boats going by, and, and if you're on the boat, you can look and see outside from there. Whereas the one that's inside of uh, the Magic Kingdom, 
you're down in the dungeons and there's no chance of getting any sunlight on that right at all. So it's the beginning part right there. It's the bayou experience. You know, one of the other things that, uh, like I said, I checked out at the library this weekend is they have the uh, the banjo player playing uh, Oh Suzanne or whatever he plays. Yeah. And so I recorded that, and that's my that's my new ringtone on my phone. Oh, awesome! The old banjo song, yeah. So that ride is it's cool, and the fact that it had real skeletons in it at one point is awesome. And it's just you know the room where they're burning down the town again. You smell it; it's phenomenal. Best ride that Disney has to offer. Yeah, you're, it is an awesome ride. Now, I, my number one is at Disneyland as well. And a matter of fact, Dave, I. Six of my rides were from Disneyland. How many rides from Disneyland mm, did you have? Let me. I'm gonna have to count. Go ahead and talk, and I'll count them okay. out. Okay. So mine is the Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Ride. Yeah, Disneyland. I absolutely love that ride. I I love the anticipation when you get into that ride, um, working your way up to the jeep. During, that was your one, huh? In the queue, in the queue lines. Yes, I love. Yeah. How you're going through that tropical forest before you, you know, part of the queue line, but it's outside. I just, I love the storyline. I, I love how you feel like you're in the Indiana Jones movies. You know, in the '80s, we grew up, dude, watching these Indiana Jones movies and yeah. absolutely loved them. And we all wished, you know, when I was a kid, Dave, I either wanted to be a police officer, an astronaut, or, or an anthropologist. And uh, <laughs> right, right, three completely different career fields. And yeah. um. I can relate to this one because as a kid, you always dream of going on that adventure, you know, and finding right. the treasure and the experience that goes along with it. And uh, I absolutely just loved it because you're 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 on that adventure, you know, and yeah. you have those dangerous moments. I love the ice that shoots down. You know, it's a 4D experience. I love the ball that comes down chasing you. It, everything about it, man, is awesome. And I love how not, you know, every single time you ride that ride, it's never the same. The sequence is different. And the right. way that that Jeep is powered, it's very jerky and it's very rugged, but I, I like nine. it. You buy, exactly, because you really feel like you're in a Jeep right. being chased and you're trying to get away. Um, it's a, it's an amazing ride. You are immersed in the whole entire experience. I, I think it's one of the, the best rides Disney has to offer. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I watched those movies when I was a kid. So, yeah, I have uh, I have four true Disneyland rides on my top 10 and then i have two more of them that are at disneyland but i prefer the disney world version instead um so they dominate the list you know it's the original that's that's the thing it's the original park and that's why it is way it is um but yeah i agree that ride is phenomenal the queue is pretty cool it's kind of long but if you are knowledgeable and you know to look for hidden mickeys and the history of the of that you know there's some things that you can look at right yeah exactly and so, uh, yeah, there's some things to look at that, that keep you busy and keep you entertained if you do have to wait. Although I've never, you know, half the time I've when I rode that ride, I remember just walking through things and I didn't have to wait for an extremely long time. Now, I know that sometimes you do, but the queue is so long and they've got so much to do throughout the whole queue that um, I never had to wait through the whole thing. Just basically I got up to the room that projects the movie onto the wall um, for the beginning of my wait. So, yeah, that's. That that's a good ride. I can see where you have it in as your one. I I have it on my list. It's my eight. But you know that's the difference between your top ten and my top ten is that they are our individual top tens. So I have a couple more honorable mentions. And so as do I as well. So go ahead and list them off. All right. So you've mentioned a couple of your honorable mentions, uh, things that made your top ten. I've told you that that they were in consideration for my top twenty. Um, I had Toy Story Mania, but after debate, my family decided that was not a, uh, a dark ride either, even though the whole ride takes place indoors. Why uh, not? Yeah, because it's not like 
because it's just like you go, you move, and then you're in front of a video screen. Then you move, then you're in front of a video well, screen. It's a dark so we, ride. It's, and it's enclosed. Um, so we, I, I put on my list Dinosaur, which is the same ride yep. vehicle as as Indiana Jones. So that was on my list for a while, and it got it got cut. Uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride was on my list for a while because, again, that's a classic attraction that's at the original, and you just you can't beat it. You can't beat old rides like that. That people look at now and they're like, "What in the world is this ride all about?" But you know, that was my generation. I grew up and I read those. I read Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. It was one of my favorite books when I was little. Um, yeah, and the rest of them I think you mentioned in your top ten. The only other one I had mentioned on my top ten was uh, the Alice in Wonderland ride at yeah, Disneyland. Yeah, it's okay. You know, it's okay. So, so it, it was one of the first to go on my on my cuts. I want to go back to Disneyland because there's so much more that I want to ride. I want to ride the Casey Jones train. I want to go to the Alice in Wonderland ride. I want to do the Haunted Mansion there again. I just I want to take my boy there. I'm ready. Um, my honorable mentions, and I, I mentioned these already, but I have to mention them again. The Peter Pan and Flight, uh, honorable mention. Um, it's a Small World, an honorable mention. And Star Tours. I did give Star Tours. Uh, I, I labeled that as a dark ride. I seem to think your family probably wouldn't. Cause <laughs> but, uh, no, I... I want to call it a dark ride really, really bad. Because you like it so much. Right. But I don't know if it truly is a dark ride because no. it's just it's just a ride that you're encapsulated in like right. a, in a module like that, you know? So, mm-hmm. I, so I really don't know. That would be just like calling Mission Space a dark ride. Yeah. And, and it's that's not, why I left and, it. And it's not. Yeah. So I really wanted to, to give it to him, but I couldn't. And, you know, I'm much of a Star Wars fiend that I am, Dave. Yep. Uh, but So I gave it an honorable mention anyway. Now, one ride that I think is horrible, a dark ride that I think should never have been made and should be ripped straight from the the, the grasp of Hollywood Studios is, and, I, and I'm sorry for Brian Collins. You know, I know you had a hand in the script. <laughs> the, uh, the great movie ride. I absolutely hate that ride with everything in me and yeah. will only ride it when I'm trying to break take a break from the heat. Yeah, it's... If they would just update it, no, and, and, get rid of it. Have, you, know, you can't. Like, well, when they reimage the park, it, there will be no purpose for it at all. You know, but originally thinking about what the originality of this park was, it was supposed to be, you know, a studio where people could come and visit. And I mean, it's it's in 1992 that was cool, but now it's not. Like, this is not a studio anymore. And, and that's I think they finally figured out that, that we're turning this into a theme park, not so much a studio. Make and it. it yeah. I agree. You got to. It doesn't belong at all. Make it and one man's no dream. Make it one man's dream. How cool would that be if they made a dark ride of Walt Disney's life? Right. And that would be awesome. You know, replace it all because that's what this is all centered around is Walt Disney, the man, and change it up, dude. That whole the great movie ride just sucks, and yeah. the, it's cheesy acting. It's uh, it's just awful. I, like I said, I'll only ride that ride to break the heat. But um, I agree. It's not good. So I think that about wraps it up, Dave. Uh, I yeah. think it's that time. So uh, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears. Hey, Dave, I want to give a challenge out to our listeners, buddy. It's do been it. a while since we've received any text messages, and I just want our listeners to know that we do. You can text message us. You know, you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Just simply search for Mousecapades Podcast, and I think on Twitter we're Mousecapades Pod. So search for us, add us to your Instagram page. Uh, Twitter accounts and Facebook. Go ahead and like us, but also text us. You know, you can text us at 407-674-0414. Again, that is 407-674-0414. 
888-346-0414. I'm going to challenge our listeners, Dave, to text us and tell us what they like, what they don't like about our show. Give us some you know, constructive criticism. We can take the heat. And if you do that, we'll read it on our next uh, show, positive or negative. I do not care. We will read all the negative stuff, too, and the positive stuff, and we'll give you a shout-out. Just go ahead and text us. Awesome. Well, I think that's going to do it for today, Nick. So until we hear from those text messages and those callers, peace. Peace. Have a magical day.